Raiders out there, how's it going? Welcome back to the Game Raiders podcast. I'm Drew, and like always, I've got Sergio here with me. Hello. Um, all right, so we're pretty big nerds, I feel like, but we will never top like the king nerd, Mr. John Ronald Rule Tolkien himself. I mean, this guy went out and like started making his own languages, and then he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna make my own fucking fantasy world because I just I just ball like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Back and, then though, um, that's how you got laid. So Yeah, and he got he got laid like so much. Yeah. I mean, him and his, him and his wife. <laughs> did you see Tolkien, man? Like uh but like yeah, no, but he but he was the progenitor of like the fantasy uh genre essentially and like kind of created one of the most well-known and adapted uh franchises or ips of all time basically um you know there's been obviously the books you know uh there's been radio plays there's been animated and live action films um and of course like our area of expertise Video games. There's been a ton of video games. Ton, ton of video games. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, like any sort of, you know, licensing video game, you know, you have those, you have the paragons, you have the, the ideals, the aspirations that you want to become, and then you have... At uh you know just you know the lowest of the lows essentially and so because you know we're obviously masochists we love torturing ourselves uh by the way if you if you also love torturing yourself go watch our like four hour t in total kingdom hearts timeline video that's like, like it's almost six hours yeah like okay six <laughs> hours even better yeah like so you know we love like you know doing terrible things to our, our bodies um so we're going to continue that tradition by exploring a bunch of the Lord of the Rings games today. And Sergio, you were telling me before the program that you haven't played like any of these games. I played for, one. Um, yeah. You've played one of the games on yeah. this list. So played, we're going to pop uh, your cherry today, bud. Uh, where it's like basically Batman. Yeah. Um, so we're not, we're not exactly starting at, like, the true beginning of, of Lord of the Rings video games, because if, if, if we were going to do that, we would have to go back to, like, like old, you know, computers like Commodore and stuff like that. You know, they've, I mean, they've been making Lord of the Rings games for a long, long time. Um, now, you know, most of these games, though, there are, are they based on the movie adaptation? So this is, this is actually an important uh, point that you bring up, because... Uh, for a long, long time, the licensing deal, so the Tolkien estate handles um, all of the licensing deals through, a, through a, a branch called Middle Earth Enterprises, I believe is what it's called. And uh, they basically partitioned off um, these, these licenses uh, to different publishers so that, they, that different publishers have, have had different like stipulations. Uh, some people have only been able to adapt stuff from the books, like strictly from the books. Uh, and then others, like we're, we're about to get started with like the EA uh, kind of tenure of Lord of the Rings. They were, they were only able to adapt stuff from 
the movies, the Peter Jackson trilogy. Uh, so at different times, different companies have had different uh, like agreement deals and stipulations on what, what and what they cannot include in the games. Uh, until eventually they have both come together under one uh, banner known as Warner Brothers. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we're going to start off by talking about the EA games, uh, which they signed, yeah, so they signed a multi-year agreement deal to license the rights to make games based off of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy. Does this, does this sound familiar? Maybe another franchise multi-year deal that EA might have made with a certain company to license games exclusively based off of a certain media franchise. Yeah, um, I mean, at this time, EA was known for making better games. Quality I mean, games, yeah. yes. It's the thing. Is like, it, they also handled like the Harry Potter games that were based mm-hmm. on the movies, and those, yes. are, those are really good every time we got one. Um, yes. I think they made like a game for the first, like at least the first five movies I can think. I can't think of like a Half-Blood Prince game, but I can do. I can I, think of one through five pretty easily. Uh, there was a time when you're right. EA did used to make like good games. They used to publish good games. Uh, and these are these are a few of them. The Lord of the Rings games are actually I, I consider them to be all good to great. Uh, you know, you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of them. So the first one they did was the Two Towers. So they um, said F you Fellowship. Like well, most okay. people, apparently, yeah. I like Fellowship. But most I, people I apparently too. are I like, actually, ah, you can just watch, you know, eh, fellowship. Eh. I, I especially, especially in our friends group. group. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people choose to skip it. And EA the reason why it's like of gaming companies. <laughs> well, the reason why EA chose to skip making a game exclusively based off of Fellowship was because a couple years prior, um, the Vindy Universal had made a game based off of the Fellowship of the Ring, uh, based off of the events of the book. So um, what EA decided to do was instead of uh, just make, making a game based off of just the Fellowship of the Ring, they took the parts of the Fellowship of the Ring that were the most action-heavy, since this game was going to be like a hack-and-slash, mm. um, and they made that the first part of the game, and then like the last like three-quarters of the game uh, is based towers. off the two towers, yeah. So um, is it, like, it kind of like a speed run through the first movie in the first like, kind couple of, hours? Yeah. So, so they basically cover. So, there's one level based off of the prologue uh, with the Battle of the Last Alliance. Then there's a level at Weathertop, where Frodo gets stabbed. And then there's a level in the. There's two levels actually. There's one outside the gates of Moria, and then there's one inside, at the tomb. Uh, and then there's one on Omen Hin when the Fellowship mm. is broken. And then the rest of the game, the rest of the levels of the game, cover the two towers. Mm. Um, so, but this was this was cool because at the time, the the film The Two Towers hadn't been released yet, um, and EA had gotten uh, permission to use clips from the film, from the then unreleased film, to include in the game. So this was kind of like a cool like sneak peek. At That'll the film. never happen today. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that'll never happen. Could you imagine if, if they're if they're making a game based off of like. Rise of Skywalker before yeah. the Rise of Skywalker came out, and they're like, "Can we use like clips?" And they're like, "Uh, yeah, sure." Yeah, like this was this was definitely like a really cool move uh, and a great way to get people to buy your game. <laughs> um, so basically, <clears throat> like I said, the game is a hack and slash. Uh, you take control of either Aragorn, Legolas, or Gimli uh, to play through the events of the game. 
Um, some of some of the levels are are expanded upon. Um, well, also because EA didn't have like the full script, so they didn't know exactly. They had <laughs> they had the the important bits like oh the characters go here you know and at different points. Um, so they they were kind of able to expand upon uh, moments in the film, uh, and you you know you fight through like all kinds of like orcs, goblins, the urukai, wargs, trolls, mm-hmm. and, and all kinds of creatures. Uh, and over the course of the game, you get experience for defeating these creatures, and then you can uh, at the end of the level, uh, you can spend these points on different skills and like passive buffs and stuff like that to make your character more powerful. Um, and, but, but it's not just about like the game. There were also like some really cool, and this also goes back to like the whole thing where they were able to get clips from the film. They were able to also include like a couple of really cool, like bonus features, if you will. Like they had interviews with some of the cast who most of the main cast actually came back to characters, um, it for the game. And, um, so they had a couple of interviews with the actors. They had some concept art, (laughs) Um, you can unlock a like horde mode style level mm. in the Tower of Orthanc uh, at the end of the game, and then you can also unlock the ability to play as a Sealdor, who is I mean he's basically just like Aragorn, uh-huh. but it was it was still kind of cool, like a cool little unlockable. Sealdor. Um, yeah. So and then yeah, the game ends with the pin the ultimate battle at Helm's Deep, you know. Yeah. Uh, which was really which was really cool. It's like a three stage uh, battle. Uh, and it was like really, really cool and epic. Um, so yeah, but that, but there were also two different versions of this game made. So the console versions were this hack and slash game that I just described to you. Uh, there was also a version of the game released on the Game Boy Advance for handhelds, and this was like completely different, obviously because of the limitations of the Game Boy Advance versus a console. Mm-hmm. Um, so this game was played from a top-down, pers- like an isometric perspective. Uh, and it played more like kind of like a traditional. It was still it still had some of that hack and slash gameplay, but it had a, a couple of more RPG elements to it. Like you would get new equipment as you progressed, and then you could also, like you had traditional like strength, constitution, stat blocks that you would upgrade. You also had uh, a lot more uh, variants in the characters that you could play. Um, because you could play as so you you still had Aragorn and Legolas. Gimli, weirdly enough, was an unlockable character in this version. Um, but then you had Gandalf, uh, Eowyn, and then uh, I think you could also unlock uh, Frodo to play as. Hmm. Um, so they had they had more more characters to play as, which was really cool. Um, yeah, remember but, handheld gaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, the the version that I think most people remember if you played this game is the console version. Um, so the next game uh, follows very closely. It's uh, based off The Return of the King, obviously the third movie. And it follows, again, very similarly, the gameplay of The Two Towers. It's, it's that hack and slash kind of... Um, with the so trees what, what takes longer, Drew? Beating the Return of the King, or watching the oh, definitely. shit of Return of the King. Oh, definitely, it's oh, definitely watching the movie. Yeah, it takes a, although this game is actually deceptively hard in some areas, um, and I mean not really like too tricky, but I do remember 
trying to escape from the paths of the dead and getting hit by a random rock, uh, like a random falling rock, and then just having to restart the entire level over because I died. I was, like, really pissed off. Uh, like, just fucking get bonked on the... Like, Aragorn can fucking fight, you know, orcs and trolls and all manner of evil creatures. He can stand up against the dead, but he can't take a fucking rock on the noggin? Like, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> it's weakness, man. Um, but yeah, so... Th- but this game also uh, expanded upon the two towers, like, dramatically. Like, you had way more playable characters. This time you could play as uh, Gandalf, Sam... Uh, and then you could un- unlock, at the end of the game, you could unlock Frodo, Faramir, uh, Merry, and Pippin, uh, in addition to also being able to play as Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli from the Two Towers. They also added a bunch of interactable, like, environmental effects. Mm. Uh, and you could also play this game in co-op. That was another new feature for this one. Um, so you could bring a friend along with you. Couch co-op. Yes, couch co-op. Yeah, this was yeah. There was no online at this point, so yeah. I miss, I miss couch co-op. Yeah, it was it was really really cool to be able to uh, play this game in co-op. Um, they also still had like all the cool little Easter eggs, like the concept art and the interviews and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, just like I have very very fond memories of like this particular time uh, of gaming uh just in general because i i mean this was like i was very impressionable i think this was like this game was released like maybe when i was like i might have been like 11 or 12 at the time or some or no no there's no way hold on i'm trying no no no. i'm trying to think Uh, no i was i was even like nine maybe yeah i was like nine yeah nine uh i I would have been 10 or 11 at this time yeah you yeah uh but yeah i was very i was very very impressionable and i have very very fond memories of this game uh, the GBA version plays very similarly to the GBA version of the Two Towers, um, but this also included co-op through the Game Boy Advance Link Cable, uh-huh. uh, and also uh, one of the first and at the time only chances to play as Gollum as an unlockable character, which is kind of so now we're coming back full circle because there's a lord of the rings Gollum game about to come out yeah looks like trash where you where you're exclusive i don't know i'm i'm reserving (laughs) judgment we'll see hey can you give me your best Gollum impression uh i'm trying to like i'm trying to like channel hold on like i need i need uh because i'm not i'm not a like trained actor um (laughs) i'm not asking you to be (laughs) yeah well, no, I know, but I'm I'm just trying to like summon the like. It's, okay. Now I, I really I don't think I can really do it. I I can't do it. Justin. To, let's see if I can see, see if I can do it. Hold on, give me a second. My nope, I can't do it. My yeah, precious. right. See, I, I just like every every time I try and summon a golem, it's it just sounds off. It doesn't sound right. Um, precious. <laughs> yeah. Um. Or or else you're just gonna or else you're just gonna like wear your throat out. I don't yeah. know how Andy Circus did. Andy Circus. Andy Circus is a freaking. I don't know. I, I, I think he's a super like, super underappreciated actor. Yeah. Like Gollum, and then also his work on the Planet of the Eight movies as Caesar, just incredible. Ugh. And even even the stuff in like King Kong, like depending on how you feel about the film, I I don't even think it's up for debate that like Andy Circus did a really good job as, as yeah Kong. As, as, as the cook. Yeah, <laughs> as the cook. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so the next game we're going to talk about, uh, we're still in the EA tenure. Yeah. Uh, so, and so this game, is it based on the books? So this game is still based off of the movies. However, they, instead of playing as characters from the movie, like the actual Fellowship or whatever, you kind of play as these, like, C-tier, like, kind of wannabe heroes that... So they they base the character models off of like extras in the uh-huh. background, uh-huh. Um, you know. So is this one of the games that we talked about when we talked about like I, underrated games? Yeah. So I talked about I talked about this game in my underrated games yeah, list. Yeah. Okay. Age. Yeah, um, yeah. Or it'd be like it would like it puts you in a scene where like you're fighting the Belrog and then like there's like five yes. of you on the bridge instead of this like the one bridge that it takes one person at a time. Right, exactly. Gotcha. Like it's okay. really, really, it's really weird game, and like it's so cheesy. the The acting and the writing is like just. I every time I mean every time I play it, I'm just I'm just I kind of cringe a little bit, you know. But um, this is like one of the only turn based. I mean, it's the as far as I'm aware, this is the only like turn true turn based RPG, uh, Lord of the Rings game that we've gotten so far. Um, they based the the gameplay heavily on Final Fantasy X. Uh, that was like the direct inspiration, and it's funny because the back of the box for the game it has like a quote from uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly that's like the most exciting RPG since Final Fantasy. And I'm like, whoa, calm down there, <laughs> Electronic Gaming Monthly. Like, you know, uh, I mean, it's it's still a good game. Like, I still I still really really enjoy this one uh, from like a I guess maybe maybe nostalgia is like kind of bi- making me biased towards it, but uh-huh. um, you know, you you spend the game going through you you're kind of following the fellowship at the beginning, and then you kind of just end up being like kind of in areas where they are, you know. Um, and the entire time you're developing your characters and learning new skills, getting new equipment, you know, typical RPG stuff. Um, the game is actually not really that long if you know what you're doing. Um, you could probably beat this in like eight hours, maybe. Holy shit. So you're saying if I set down a TV and I popped in the extended cut of Fellowship of the Rings and you set yeah. down a TV and you started the game, I would only get through the two towers before yeah that's how you beat it yeah pretty much like i could probably i could probably effectively speed run this game yeah through like two movies i'm pretty sure that's hilarious um it's always crazy to think about these things like um there was a a movie the great gatsby the book is like 120 something pages and movies two hours so if you literally read a minute a page you could finish the book in the same time it takes you to finish the movie wow that's yeah that is insane you can't yeah you definitely cannot say that i don't feel like about lord of the rings yeah i'm not a big <laughs> fan of the books so um i just yeah, can't just... get into the like singing and stuff um <laughs> uh, but yeah this this game definitely rewards that kind of like power fantasy that is like very prevalent in like jrpgs um you get i mean you have fucking abilities where you can like summon a fire dragon and you drop like gigantic volcanic fireballs on dudes like it's just it's just it's like crazy anime stuff that like you know is is prevalent in jrpgs and and i'm all here for it like i really you know what why don't they bring these into the movie amazon tv show i I, I want to see the characters start like 
forming dragons and dropping Dude, fire. that's what I'm saying, bro. That is what I'm saying. I am it's all just, here for it. When when J.R.R. Tolkien sat down to write the book, this is exactly what he imagined. Yeah, exactly. He's like, hey, I would like big anime titties in my fantasy universe, you know? Yeah, he'd be like, <laughs> tight. This is tight. It's tight. <laughs> um, so, so moving on, at this point, EA had done the hack and slashes. They had done the turn-based RPGs. And then they were like, you know what? Fuck you, Blizzard. We're gonna come, we're gonna come for that RTS market. We, you know, fuck your Warcraft. We've got the original fantasy setting. Um, and then and then they created Battle for Middle Earth, which became a, a series of games. There were two games and then an expansion for the second game. Yeah. Um so RTS, it's like the over those you like control the armies to go and yes yeah so RTS, something strategy what is it uh real-time strategy yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah real-time strategy games uh you, if you're familiar with them you know you build you build like a settlement or like camps and stuff like that you have yeah. units um yeah. think like I played a lot of i played a lot of starcraft when i was younger yeah exactly i played i played a lot of age of empires uh but this was like the game that really got me into rts i think um, just because, I, and I and I have to say that about a lot of games. Uh, like I probably wouldn't have played a lot of games in various different genres had it not been for Lord of the Rings. For Lord of the Rings, yeah, I think because more than Star Wars. Um, I mean, I think equally. I think both of them have equally influenced yeah. my like preferences a lot. If there's like a game in a particular style, but it also is attached to like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. Um, no. I don't know if you have answered this, but is there a Lord of the Rings like fighter, like Mortal Kombat? Uh no, there's not. As far as I'm aware, there's not. There might be like a fan made, like a like a fan made game or Me something. Me and you will go to one of theirs. Be like, hey, you have Injustice, you have Mortal Kombat. Hear me out. Yeah. Lord of the Rings fighter. All, all I'm saying weird. is, I I want to see Sauron. Drop kick Frodo Baggins <laughs> across the And then you can bring in guest characters. You can bring in Scorpion. You can bring in oh Sub Zero. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, hey, I want to see what I want to see is I want to see Frodo versus uh, Batman from the Frodo Injustice versus, games. Oh. <laughs> Warner Brothers, you heard it here, man. And if you if you actually successfully get this off the ground, we want our cut. All right. Uh, but yeah, so. Battle for Middle Earth, uh, the first game was pretty like uh, pretty standard like RTS. They had they only had four factions. There was Gondor, Rohan, Isengard, and Mordor. It was based off of the movies. Um, and but but you know they all had their strengths and weaknesses to them. Like Rohan obviously has the best cavalry in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mordor could just like rush with these like cheap orc cannon fodder, you know, sort of thing. Um, but I always remember the hero units uh, specifically from this game because they were, it was just really, really cool to have like these big armies and then you have like Aragorn or Gandalf like leading the charge, you know, sort of speak. Um, and Gandalf at like level 10 in this game, he's got this like insane AoE burst uh, attack that like literally wipes out pretty much any up- unupgraded unit, like just, just like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you also had local and online multiplayer options for a competitive scene. And then you also, there was also like, they included a map editor when you bought the game. So 
uh, and you installed it. So like you can make your own custom levels. The custom levels, uh, the community for this game is like still huge. Like, and people are always making custom levels and you know, um, and trying them out. It's it's really really impressive. Like the creativity that some of these people like put into their levels. Uh, but then, like Battle for Middle Earth One is like good. You know, Battle for Middle Earth Two though is fucking great. Uh, because they were able to add a ton of new features, uh, and also they were allowed to, at this point, they were allowed to include material from, uh, like, the books and the appendices. So they were really able to open it up. They added uh, new uh, elf, dwarf, and goblin factions. They had a completely new campaign that was, like, set in the north of Middle Earth while the War of the Ring was happening like in the South mostly. This was like focused on what was happening like in Mirkwood and you know around Erebor and all that kind of area. Um, they had yeah so new campaigns they had a new uh, what they called War of the Ring mode. This was mm -hmm. more of a longer like sort of imagine risk but kind of but in like an RTS setting you know, that was kind of what this was. This was, like, the longer, like, multiplayer campaign uh, option that if you wanted that. And then they also added a create-your-own-hero, uh, like, mode so that you could, like, make your own custom hero with different abilities and then assign them to, like, a faction, uh, and you could take that hero into battle. Um, BFME 2 got an expansion called Rise of the Witch King that added another new faction, Angmar, and a new campaign chronicling the Witch King's war against Arnor, which is uh, which was the kingdom in the northwest, uh, uh, kind of around Bree and uh, the Shire and all that area. Um, they added a bunch of new maps and options, and you know, all, just basically expanded on everything about Battle for Middle Earth 2. Uh, like I said, these games, like, really got me into RTSs. Like, I, I have very, very fond memories of playing these games. Um, and I'm really excited because there's a, like, there's a there's a team out there that is making, they're looking to uh, basically make a super, like, HD version of Battle for Middle Earth and hopefully like release it. Yeah, this is like a fan creation. Uh, it's called Battle for Middle Earth Reforged. I'm going to go ahead and plug that because I think these guys deserve it. Um, but yeah, they're they're in development right now. They're working on it, and um, I cannot wait. I've been trying to keep up to date on this because I yeah. I really like if they've ever fully released this thing, I want to be I want to be there. <laughs> I want to be I want to be first to download because uh, yeah. it's I, I I really would love to play these games. It's really hard to get uh, because like a lot of the old PC games, I don't know if you remember, but they had like you would have to like input a code. They had like a code on the back of the case or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't remember that. Or inside um, the case. It's really hard to get a hold of these games nowadays. So I would love for it to be more widely available. Um, now this brings us to. Probably my longest obsession. Okay, so I want to I want to ask you real quick before we continue. Uh, do any have any of these games sounded like enticing to you? Like, are you, have you been swayed to play any of these games potentially so far? Uh, I, I like RTS games, so I okay. might check. Uh, I mean, if they ever finish the remaster thing that you're talking yeah. about, yeah, so, something I check out. 
I don't know what their timetable is on that, but yeah. yeah um, like I have like Halo Wars and all that as well. I played Halo Wars, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not super crazy about console RTS. I'm more it's more like a computer version I'm better at. <laughs> yeah, this will be for PC. I'm pretty sure. Although they did release Battle for Miller Two, I remember they they released it on Xbox 360, so they did try and get. Uh, a console RTS going yeah. a little bit, but definitely PC was was where the community was. Um, okay, so yeah, so this brings me to probably my longest obsession with a video game uh, ever, I think, uh, and that is Lord of the Rings Online. So when I was when I was talking earlier about how you know Lord of the Rings gets me into a lot of different genres that normally I wouldn't, this is another one I really hadn't gotten into an MMO. Uh-huh. Uh, RPG uh, like this game. Uh, she's basically like, and and you know, sometimes I'll take breaks or something. You know, I'll take you know, but it's just like it's just like my ex-wife. You know, it's just like when I think I'm out, she pulls me back in. You know. Yeah. You still like, play this today? Still playing today. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thirteen year vet. Uh, what's up? You know. Uh, shout out to all my uh, shout out to all my there and back again kinnies on. Uh, a nor, you know, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so this originally launched in 2007, 2007, and it's still going. Damn. Um, and yeah, so originally I even have, um, I even have like, they released, um, strategy guides when the game originally came out and I, and I have both of the compendiums that they released for this game. Uh, it was originally titled Shadows of Angmar. Uh, and it and it only focused on like the Ariador uh, region of Middle Earth, which is like Bree, uh, Rivendell, the Shire, all of that area up there. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I picked this game up a year after launch, I think, uh, because at that time, uh, like a lot of MMOs, it required that fifteen dollar monthly subscription, you know, thing. Uh, so it took it took me a little bit to get into it just because I had to convince my parents to like lay down this money. <laughs> um, but yeah, this God seriously, I cannot say enough about like the design of this. Like, I know a lot of people think about when they think Middle Earth, they think like the Peter Jackson films, and the, and that's and New Zealand is beautiful too. Like New Zealand, like as a physical like location that I can go to will always be a middle earth for me yeah but in terms of like a virtual like play space that i can just go and dive into the lotro version of middle earth will always be that middle earth for me because the environments are just so like the music just everything about the design of this game even though it's from 2007 it you know it it still looks like the water looks great. Like, I don't know. It just, it just looks beautiful. Um, you know, the, yeah. Like when I, when I, when I think of Moria or I think of Rohan, you know, that's, this is what I'm thinking of. Um, so yeah. So with any MMO, you know, you're basically RPing as a, as a character, you get to pick from a different, a bunch of different races. Like they have men, elves, hobbits, dwarves, uh, Bjornings, uh, which are like the the half bear, like the guys who can turn into bears. Uh, 
They have. They also just recently, in the past couple of years, have added high elves and stout axe dwarves, so like different types of elves and dwarves. Um, you can play as a bunch of different classes. There's burglar, captain, champion, guardian, hunter, lore master, minstrel, warden, and runekeeper. Uh, the Bjorning race is also a class, but it's like tied to them specifically. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's part of the appeal is like only certain races can play certain classes. Um, so like for example, only men and high elves can be captains. Uh, you know, and like uh, like I, I'm trying to think of other examples, but um, you know, and 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 the races are also more better at doing certain things, obviously, like any other RPG. Um, so yeah, you. Progress through the game, you do quests, you level up, you do all that general RPG goodness that we all love. Um, and each reason kind of has a different flavor to it, you know? So, like, in the Shire, the quests are all kind of more focused on, like, lighthearted, like... there's I think there's, like, an entire quest line where you're just delivering mail, you know, to people. Or, like, eating pies, you know? Like, it's more, you know... Mm. Um, and then, and then juxtapose that with a place like Angmar, which is like a seat of the shadow, and you're like, you know, you're like overwhelmed by enemies and you know stuff like this. Um, the the real thing that really got me, I think, sticking with this game was the fact that like at the time most RP or most MMOs were kind of doing more of a sandbox thing, where they kind of just throw you into a world and they're like, okay. Go do whatever you want to do. You know, like, you make your own story kind of thing. But Lotro had an what they called the epic story. That was like... That had you interacting with a lot of the characters and a lot of the locations from the books. Uh, also, Lotro is more based on the books. It's not based on the movies at all. Hmm. Um, this is, like, supposed to be Tolkien's Middle Earth, you know? Um... So, yeah, so the epic story is, you know, kind of leading you through the world. Um, and then along the way, you know, you'll do group, there's group content for like fellowships, which are the six man groups. There's raids, the, the 12 player stuff. There's housing, auction house economy, all that MMO stuff. Um, and it's just like, just over the years, this, I mean, at this point, I'm pretty sure almost all of Middle Earth is open. Uh, I mean, they're still filling in parts of the map. Um, currently, as of this point, the live servers uh, have eclipsed the main plot of the Lord of the Rings. So Sauron has been defeated, and now it's kind of more focusing on how everybody is kind of reacting to Sauron's defeat now, and like kind of the kind of like the cleanup you know at the end uh -huh. of the of the war of the ring um like but at the, at the end of the books and they like all basically like a power vacuum and like the shire was wiped out and all that well okay so yeah so a couple of different things happened after the books or at the after Sauron's defeat in the books but uh i don't think they've touched on the scouring of the shire yet i don't know if they will do that but uh, the main, uh, I think the main thing that's going on right now in the live servers is called War of the Three Peaks. That's the, the latest comet expansion that they released. Hmm. Uh, 
and uh, they it's it this is dealing with the dwarves versus the orcs of Mount Gundabad. So we're we're having we're having some of that hot dwarf on orc action going on right now. Um, but yeah, I mean they they they're they're still filling in parts of the map. They're still doing updates. Uh, their their latest update is actually supposed to come uh, come out this month, I think. Uh, it's called Wildwood, and it's going to explore an area between Breland and Evendim, uh, kind of filling that part of the map. Uh, so yeah, so there's I mean they're still they're still working on this game and consistently updating it. Um, the game. Uh, originally, like I said, it started out as that like fifteen dollars subscription model, like most MMOs, and then eventually shifted to a free to play model, like we see with a lot of MMOs nowadays. Uh, they shifted in two thousand and ten. Uh, so, like, you know, if you were doing like the free to play model, you would have limitations on like your your wallet, like how much money you could carry, and like your bag size, stuff like that. Um, honestly, I would if I would recommend if you're if you want to get into the game, you might as well sub just get rid of those restrictions and then you also don't have to unlock regions like one at a time you know through the store mm -hmm. so yeah i mean I, I i think it's worth it um it but that's only like if you really 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 want to get involved in the game if you just want to like test it out yeah start free to play you know maybe go through the shire or breland you know and then see how you feel um but that's not to say that this game has not had a little bit of a rocky road to get to where we are um, in 2016, there was a developer shakeup. So development shifted from one team, uh, Turbine, uh, who were the original developers. They were purchased by Warner Brothers in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, and then in 2016, Warner Brothers announced that Turbine would no longer be developing Lotro, uh, but it would rather be led by a new studio called Standing Stone Games, which were actually made up of former Turbine employees. Um, Standing Stone Games uh, falls under this company called Daybreak Game Company. Uh, and if you're a big MMO fan, like if you go back like years and years, you might remember this company used to be called Sony Online Entertainment, which were the guys who were uh, developing and running EverQuest, uh, Star Wars Galaxies, and DC Universe Online. Uh, so they, they've got a big uh, MMO history there. Um, so yeah, so, uh, but like I said, they're still going strong today. Uh, they're still getting those consistent updates out. And like, I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's tough to get, I try and log on a couple of days a week, you know, try and try and keep up with it. And, mm. um, but yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot to, there's a lot to see and do in this version of Middle Earth. Uh, and yeah, if you want to check it out, uh it's free to play it's free to start um so yeah um man i i just just talking about it is like is like almost like a, a quest unto itself because like there's just <laughs> there's so much to cover yeah really like about it like it, it is a really like full game um but anyway now is kind of where I'm not going to say, like, no, I mean, we're going to have to, we're going to get back to some good games, but now we have to talk about some sadness. We have to talk about some trash. Um, so this game, Lord of the Rings Conquest, um, was made by Pandemic Studios. 
Uh, and it was sounds and, familiar. These are the guys that made Star Wars Battlefront originally. Oh, and this was oh, this is this was like the Battlefront? Version. Battlefront, yeah, okay, yeah. This was their version yeah. of Battlefront, but for Lord of the Rings, which you think, I mean, would be like yep. a shoo-in, right? Yeah. Uh, however, the game is really boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's basically just like a lot of the characters are. They just don't feel, like, powerful. Like, a lot of the classes don't feel powerful to play as. Like, sure, there's really cool moments where you're playing as some of the hero characters or, like, you can take control of an int or a troll at various points. But, um, you know, it's just... it's just, It really is just, like, little... There's not a whole lot of variety. It's And in the gameplay, they're mostly on these, like, maps with, like, little... Uh, you know, a lot of these, like, flat maps are, like, you know, you're looking at, like, you're basically operating on one axis. Um, and the game also didn't have a whole lot of multiplayer modes mm -hmm. at, at launch, which was, I mean, you would think, like, in a predominantly multiplayer game, you would want to have a lot of multiplayer modes, uh, but I guess not. <laughs> uh, they tried to fix this later on with DLC, but the game still didn't really... The game never really saw, like, another, like kind of surge uh and this would actually be one of the last games developed by pandemic studios before they were shuttered uh this it was this and then uh the saboteur that were kind of like the uh the tolling of the bells for pandemic studios you know uh the swan song if you will um but yeah r.i.p pandemic studios wherever you're at i hope it's better uh um so yeah so now we can get back to talking about some better games though that so that ends the that ends the ea tenure of the lord of the rings uh license uh at this point uh the license goes to warner brothers uh who are still the license holders as of uh now and warner brothers like I, I don't know I don't know whose decision it was. I don't know who was there at the time or like what their whole thought process was. But man, these games, like these next couple of games, like seriously kick ass. Um I know this is going a different direction. No, no, these <laughs> games are, are are I actually love like these next three games I absolutely love. So I, you're like, I don't know whose decision it was. What <laughs> idiot would For ever decide this was a good idea i did try to set that up kick ass i love it these the genius i i did i did kind of set that up weirdly yeah um we'll, ju we'll just say it was intentional comedic timing um but yeah war in the north this game is actually the shit like straight up uh it, it it's another rpg it kind of plays like a dungeon crawler um <laughs> And uh, the, the cool thing about this game is that there's actually, like, blood. There's, like, like a whole lot of the Lord of the Rings games don't normally show blood or, like, yeah, any sort like, of mature decapitations or anything like that. This game gets into the nitty-gritty. Like, you cut an orc's head off, and it is, like, there's blood everywhere. The head is, like, rolling down the hill, you know? I have never heard of this game before. I looked this it up. Like yeah. the cover art, and it's just I've, it's not ringing any bells. 
This okay, yeah. So I think this game kind of flew under the radar a lot. Yeah. Um, 2011. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So you, Xbox. You take characters. Um, there's a ranger, an elf, and a dwarf. They all have different play styles. Um, uh, oh, okay. So you know why it kind of fell under the radar? You ready for this? Yeah. It was released a couple weeks after Dark Souls, the original. Mm -hmm. It was released the same day as Uncharted Three. And ten days before Skyrim. Yikes! So big yikes. Yeah, that's why, <laughs> that's why it's gonna get buried in the. Yeah, um, but but I feel like this game definitely needs to be talked about because uh, of the yeah, just it, it is super satisfying to play, honestly. Um, and another game that you can play in co-op. Uh, you can play either online or split screen co-op. So. Uh, with up to three people. Uh, well, I don't know if split screen you can do three people, but online you could do three, uh, one for each character. Um, so because the licensing now fell to Warner Brothers, uh, they had both the rights to to use the movie likeness and also the um, the books, the material from the books. Uh, Snowblind Studios, the developers of War on the Earth, were able to uh, utilize more of the characters and locations from the books while also kind of creating quasi-film versions of, like, uh, Aragorn and Gandalf. Like, they kind of they they kind of don't look exactly right, but they also kind of do, you know? Yeah. Um, they, they tried to get as close as possible to kind of modeling it off of Vigo Mortensen and Ian McKellen and Elijah Wood and all these other guys. Um, but, yeah, I, I highly recommend this game. This, this is, like... Yeah. If you're gonna play and this just, game on this list, like yeah. go play this one. And just talking about bad timing, really. <laughs> yeah, it really comes up to just yeah, bad timing. Uh, this game should be uh, remembered uh, more, more, fond more fondly than I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking up. It was a commercial failure. For they said people say it's probably because of the, these reasons and coming mm -hmm. out after Dark Souls, same day as Uncharted, and then mm -hmm. you know right before Skyrim. So it's like three right. pretty massive games that people still talk about to this day. Right. It's, it really is just an unfortunate set of circumstances that this game is, like, not really talked about. Um, so moving on from that, uh, we have uh, we have the Lego game. We have the obligatory Lego uh, Lord of the Rings game. Because, I mean, you're not really successful until you've had a Lego ma game made about your franchise, right? You know, to I mean, be honest, I didn't even know they made a Lego Lord of the Rings game. Really? Oh yeah. man! Dude. I know Lego, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and then like the Marvel Lego games. Nah, so. dude, I love this game. Is it's really so? This game is actually kind of unique from other Lego games in that they were actually able to use the recorded dialogue from the films. Oh, um, like in the game, yeah. So like when the Lego version of Aragorn is talking, it's actually Viggo Mortensen when it's. Frodo, it's Elijah Wood, you know, they're using the actual yeah. dialogue from the when, films, which is really, when, really cool. When Lego Gandalf grabs Lego Frodo from the shadows and he goes, Is it safe? Yeah. yeah. Is it safe? I think they I think I'm pretty sure they did include the that bit. So like like most Lego games, it is kind of an abridged version of yeah. the films. Um, you know, and you and you kind of go just through like the most pivotal moments. But um yeah, it is really cool that they got the actual dialogue. Um, if you've played a Lego game before, I mean, you pretty much know how this goes, right? Like, you collect the studs to buy new characters and equipment and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can find red bricks, um, 
you know, and other little collectibles mm-hmm. throughout each level. Um, this game also continued the trend. I think that I think it was originally established by Lego Batman Two, where they started having these like huge open world hub areas. Uh, and this game allows you to literally travel pretty much across a smaller, just a smaller scale version of Middle Earth. Like hmm. you go from the Shire all the way to Mordor, you know, uh, just like on a smaller scale. And the open world has like all these little secrets in it too. Uh, again, like Lego games, you can also play this game in co-op. So uh, I I would personally love and. It's not like a lot of the old Lego games of the past where if you remember, like if you tried to like walk too far away from your partner, the screen wouldn't move. They actually have like a, uh, they they actually are able to like split the screen uh, and allow you to like travel further away. Um, I I would love, I've been trying to get somebody to play this game with me for like years, like, Mm -hmm. because it's just, I love it. It's so cute. It's so charming. It's got that Lego humor. You know, um, so, but yeah, this is another like. I mean, I know I, I I think I've said that about almost every game on this list, but I also like highly recommend this game. Um, and and this is another like uh, this is like pretty simple. I feel like most anybody can like play this game. Yeah. Um, last game on the list. That's so the good. last game on the list, and this is one. This is the one you've actually played. Uh, Shadow, I have Middle put Earth, Shadow a couple Mordor. of hours in this game. Yeah, yeah. Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Uh, I, so I, I do want to hear since you have played this game, I want to hear your thoughts, like what you thought initially when you picked it up. Mm, I was excited to play it. Um, I bought it because so I didn't play it when it came out. I bought it when Shadow of War came out. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's really cool. So then I bought Shadow of Mordor, and I played like three hours of it, and I was like, man, not for me. And never picked it up since. All right, well, I, so I got a little bit further than you. <laughs> um, so you got yeah. like four hours in. So I got like, yeah, four hours. Um, but yeah, I, I obviously, well, I, I won't say obviously, but this game is probably most well-remembered for the Nemesis system, right? Yeah. Like where... About recently on the podcast. We, we did recently talk about it. They, they recently, uh, Warner Brothers recently patented it uh for their for future games so um which they have been trying to do actually since this game came out so in um, 20, i'm gonna 20 i think this game 15, came out 2015? In, let's see it was, be 2015 right it was 2014 damn off by a year developed by monolith productions yeah um so, yeah, the Nemesis system, the way it works, essentially, is that there were randomly generated orc captains uh, thrown into the world. And you could go try and kill these orc captains. Uh, they had different abilities, different modifiers and stuff like that. Um, now, if you were able to kill the orc captains, however, if you didn't beat it, uh, the orc would grow in strength and continue to rise up the hierarchy. And then if you would go and interact with them later, they would like remember you and they would, you know, they would basically talk mad shit to you because they kicked your ass that one time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, which was, it was really, really, um, it was different, you know, it was different. It was different at the time to have kind of like these like 
stories with like these basically no name orcs like you know like these are not the main villains like the entire time you're trying to go fight this other guy but the more interact the more interesting interactions i feel like were with these like nemesis orcs you know uh-huh. i want to um, apologize for bandit squeaking my dog squeaking his toy <laughs> he's right next to me son of a bitch Bandit has never heard of professional professionalism in the workplace. We're gonna need to have a we're gonna need to have yeah. a seminar. I think later we need to so, sit down with HR. Like for me, um, I think I got to the part when you like again. It, this may be like two hours into the game or three hours when you got to chase Golem. Yeah, Golem. Yeah, Golem shows up. Yeah, that's as far um, as I got. I got to like right after that part, and then it's when I stopped playing it. Yeah. Um, which is which is interesting to me because like this game, this game borrows heavily from a game that you love, a series that you love in Arkham Asylum. Yeah, the I game know exactly. Plays, the gameplay is very much uh, Assassin's Creed meets Arkham Asylum. Like yeah. you have two games that I've you know I played Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, and the first Assassin's Creed and Odyssey and like I love basically... I played all the Batman games. So yeah. Like, you can basically go around just, like, fucking stealth killing, like, orcs all day, but then when you get into, like, actual combat, it's the free-flow, like, Arkham combat, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's that's insane that you just never carried on with it, I guess. I don't know. But, I mean, I, yeah. I, I also stopped, so I, I can't judge. <laughs> yeah. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. <laughs> I, I am a huge hypocrite. Yeah. Um, so... I don't. I'm not really going to get into the story too much because it's non-canon. Uh, this game is absolutely non-canon, especially considering what they do in the sequel. Uh, I <laughs> fucking okay. Th- okay, I will say I don't know whose decision it was to turn Sheila, what spider, idiot, <laughs> into a into a fucking like smoking hot like lady. Yeah, but I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but you should have said this up as the opposite. You're like, man, great idea it was, but they're an idiot. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, can you? Are you okay? Okay, you cut out. Yeah, I cut out a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know whose idea that was, but it was yeah, terrible, terrible decision. Um. But yeah, I do love the relationship between Talion and uh, Caleb Brimbor. Uh, Talion is also voiced by Troy Baker, who we just recently talked about. We've been talking, we've been talking a lot of Troy Baker recently. I feel like, um, but we just we just talked about that whole Last of Us stuff mm-hmm. um, a couple of days ago. Um, but yeah, I love because we never really like Caleb Brimbor is never really like discussed in like great detail in the books or like the appendices too much. We just kind of know he's like this. He was this accomplished, like, Elvin Smith. And then in the game, he's actually given a lot of, like, depth and motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we talked about Gollum earlier, too. Gollum shows up. Uh, he's actually voiced by Liam O'Brien. Uh, to go through his entire, like, IMDB would take, like, another couple of hours, probably. Uh, but, yeah, if you watch, like, Critical Role, like, he's on there. He's, like, a huge personality on there. Uh, just a really cool dude in general. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is like, 
this is basically the end of the road for me as far as Lord of the Rings games are concerned because yeah. I haven't played Shadow of War. Uh, I might pick it up someday, maybe. Um, but there hasn't really been a whole lot of new Lord of the Rings games, you know? Well, like, I'm hoping uh, that with the... Um... Like, cause they just released the series in 4K, and now it's like impossible, uh-huh. impossible to get the series in 4K now. Like, you, they released it and they sold out instantly. So I'm hoping yeah. like that, and then with Amazon making the TV show, that there's some sort of desire to like reignite the game world of Lord of the Rings. Besides gold, yeah. I think it looks terrible. So yeah, so that is something we can talk about is the fact that there is this game coming out based off of. Uh, based off of Gollum. It's literally just called The Lord of the Rings Gollum. Uh, and it, it looks like it's going to be more stealth-focused. Um, it mm. kind of follows Gollum. We, we have talked about this game a lot. Oh, have we? Okay, well... Yeah. Like, throughout our uh, episodes and stuff, so somehow I always bring it up. Well, I just want to touch on it here just a, a little bit again. Um, yeah. Like, Gollum uh, is going to be a little bit more stealth-focused. They've kind of shown off interesting, like like, an interesting almost inner monologue, like, that he's got with his, like, double personalities, so, like, you can make, like, choices throughout the game. Um, it, it, it did get delayed. I know we did talk about that. So, um, and it's got a new publisher now. So, I uh, don't know when it's coming signs, out. Signs, signs of quality, I will say. <laughs> but, um, I mean, depending on how you feel about it, or, or I guess I should say no matter how you feel about it, hopefully... Maybe it'll, like you were talking about the whole 4K uh, release of the films, maybe it'll reignite uh, the fires of industry, as Saruman would call it. And uh, maybe we'll get uh, we'll get some more Lord of the Rings games here pretty soon. Um, I know Amazon is supposed to be working on a competing Lord of the Rings MMO to go along with their television series. Uh, so that'll be interesting, I guess, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we don't need evil Amazon making, uh, <laughs> its own gamings. Yeah, I don't know. I, so far, they haven't really, I mean, they've only released, like, I think, like, two, if that, or three games. I don't know. Uh, but... Uh yeah, so they they're still they've got a way to they they're still getting their their feet wet, you know, in the market mm-hmm. as well. Um but yeah, that's going to do it for uh today, I think. Uh thank you Sergio for coming along with me being my Samwise on this journey across the middle earth of yeah. Lord of the Rings video games. Yeah, I couldn't carry the list for you, Drew. Yeah, but, but I could carry could. you. I, I don't know about that. I, I weigh a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot more games than this. Like, we haven't even talked about. Like I said, Lord of the Rings games go back to, like, old old computers and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So uh, I encourage, if you guys are fans of the Lord of the Rings books or the movies or whatever, and if you're looking to get more in touch with the, uh with the series with the universe i encourage you guys to go out and check out all of these games honestly even conquest even mm-hmm. as bad as it is you know um but yeah uh sergio where uh where can the good people uh the good free peoples of the internet come and uh listen to us uh discuss or or rant about uh various 
various games and things. And well, they can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube. Okay. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube at mm-hmm. the Game Raiders Podcast or Game Raiders Pod, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, we do a lot of cool. We do a lot of cool stuff uh, over there uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, I'm I'm posting some like little factoids and. Just a little fun, just a little fun mm-hmm. thoughts. So you know, if you guys want to, if you guys want to check it out, that that'd be cool. You know, that'd be yeah. cool. Um, uh, yeah. So and... Hold on, Drew, real quick. What? What is the most beautiful word in the English language? Tub thumping. <laughs> no, it's cellar door. From J.R.R. Cel- Tolkien said that. Oh, Link- did he? Yeah, remember? Okay, so I just recently rewatched Donnie Darko, and that scene they talk about cellar door. Remember? Okay. And then we went to the screening with uh-huh. the director of Donnie Darko, and there someone was like, "So how would you incorporate J.R.R. Tolkien and cellar door?" And he was like, "J.R.R. Tolkien said that." <laughs> <laughs> he just knew some linguist. Well, <laughs> cellar door, Isil door, Gondor. Oh yeah. Or okay. door. I see. I see it now. Okay, I get it. It blew my um, mind, and I was like, "Oh, I just oh my god!" Cellar door, cellar door, cellar door. seal door, Celebrimbor. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of oars. Yeah, in with that oar at the end. He's obsessed, man. <laughs> I mean, he is he is the biggest nerd out of all of us. Yeah, like I said, that's true. So, um, right, but yeah, love you. We'll throw the ring into the fire this time. I promise. Yeah, and we're until not then, use it to 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 wage war for centuries. <laughs> yep, we uh, we upload new episodes uh, every Tuesday and Friday. Uh, and until next time, guys, game on.